Before we get to this episode, just to say thanks to everyone who's bought my new book, Champion Thinking, How to Find Success Without Losing Yourself. Published by Bloomsbury, the response has been terrific. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's been top 20 in the airport charts consistently, and the reviews have been terrific right across the board. And if you like this episode that you're about to hear on Flow, you'll be sure to enjoy Champion Thinking. Head to my website, simonmundy.com or Amazon, Waterstone, Smiths, places like that to get your copy. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to this bite-sized episode of Life Lessons with me, Simon Mundy, in which we revisit a nugget from one of my previous conversations and have a closer look. Owen Eastwood is a performance coach who's worked with some of the most elite groups in the world, including the England football team, NATO and the Olympics Team GB. This bite-sized episode is all about belonging and how important and powerful it is. We are hardwired to seek to belong and be accepted as we are. And when we are part of an organisation or team where that doesn't happen, it is a huge drain on our energy, amongst other things. In this episode, Owen shares a powerful example of how a lack of belonging harmed the career of one of England's most successful footballers. And then he explains what people can do to ensure they are harnessing the undoubted power of belonging. When people come into an environment and they don't feel a sense of belonging, they suffer from anxiety. That is the way Homo sapiens are, are wired. It's biological. We, we are anxious. We, are, we have this conscious and mainly unconscious fear that we will be rejected, that this these, this group will push us away and we will lose protection and status and all of these things. So what happens is that when people are feeling like that, that they completely leak energy to come back to that word that you and I were using earlier. And when you're in a high-performing environment, that is, you know, bordering on criminal to be wasting energy through people having all this social anxiety going on. You spoke about a lack of belonging creating anxiety and you give quite a nice example of that via Michael Owen. Now Michael mm -hmm. Owen obviously was a success, burst onto the scene at Liverpool. Liverpool which is a, a club that has mm -hmm. 
belonging um, <laughs> died in the wool, right? He did so well. And then he went to Real Madrid as European Player of the Year and he struggled. And can you explain why he struggled? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because these are stories which apply to any group um, we belong to, okay? And, and you know, including work at work. It's not just about sport at all, and hopefully that message is coming loud and clear. So I think Michael is a, is a powerful story, really, which he told me. You know, and that was, at Liverpool, he felt he belonged. So what did that actually mean? He felt that he could just be himself. He felt that people knew him so well that, you know, even if he came in in the morning in a, in, in a low mood or a terrible sleep or whatever, and he's a bit quieter than normal, that people would just adapt themselves around him to make it comfortable because they knew him so well. Um, he was able just to focus on his job and on training and on playing. He wasn't distracted by anything around in a social environment. And he, that was where he was used to, I think, from 17 to 26 is at Liverpool. And you're right, he had this absolutely stellar career there. Then he was transferred to Real Madrid. And, you know, I think it was shocking for him how he internally felt and how unique that feeling was going into that different dressing room. When he came in, there was no induction as such. There wasn't any real welcome. He was sort of just took his place in the dressing room, listened to the instructions and went out and trained. And he, 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 had, he had the sense of being an outsider as you naturally would. And no, no one around him, the leaders least of all, did anything to disrupt that. So he started to feel like, I've just got to prove myself today. Like, I don't belong here. Like, I've got to prove myself. They need to, um, they need evidence of something about me before they will accept me. And he said, he just started to, like, just leak this energy. And even to the point, I remember him saying, you know, there a couple of guys would be speaking Spanish in the corner of the dressing room and looking over towards him. Um, he would, most of his life, he wouldn't have thought twice about that. In that environment, he started to get even a little bit paranoid. Like, are they talking about me? Are they saying something about the way I train today? Do they not think I'm good enough? And that's what happens. And, you know, he had a, a modest year and actually came back to the Premier League at the end of that year. And, you know, that's a, a source of some frustration for him is that he knows that he couldn't be the best version of himself there because he didn't have that sense of belonging and that connection with the other guys. And for me, it just, like, frustrates the hell out of me because if a leader had a bit more awareness and intention around that they could have solved that on day one you know and, and you would have got a better performance from him and it would have been a better life experience for him as well a few thoughts that have popped into my mind there have been places i've worked where new people have started and after several weeks they've admitted that i haven't been made to feel very welcome and actually as michael owen shows the more we can go out of our way to make people feel welcome, to make people feel like they belong as quickly as possible. Not only is it the right thing to do, secondly, it's going to get the best out of them. It's just a fundamental behavior that, in my opinion, should be encouraged. And yeah. another thing about that at the time was obviously it was the Galacticos, wasn't it? So it was a lot of egos. True belonging, you talk about it in the book as well, that sort of humility and a flatness and understanding that actually... No matter what you've achieved, actually, we are all on that level. We are all on a par. Yeah, I mean, belonging, there's two dimensions to it. One is the belonging cues you get from the people around you, um, which, are, which are crucial. But the other part of belonging, which is underestimated, is belonging to what? And that is when there needs to be the story of us, which is shared with people who come in. 
and people sign up to it and it comes back to that idea of connecting to something bigger than yourself and when he michael joined real madrid no one sat him down and said you have just joined the greatest football club in the world and we're going to tell you our whakapapa our story no one did that so for him therefore <laughs> there wasn't something to attach belonging to and then the signals and cues around the environment were ambiguous at least just coming back to something you said earlier i want to pick up on you know you mentioned sometimes people say that they don't you know they, they're made to not feel they belong it's more subtle than that for a lot of people it's not that they're made not to feel they belong it's that they are in a place where it's just ambiguous it's there's a lack of cues to say that you belong it's or, or something that may be quite minor takes on a bigger meaning like when i came to london for the first time and joined a law firm which which i loved and, and spent 15 years with them before i became a performance coach but i remember uh, we used to have what, what we would call bundle meetings which were once a month we would have these meetings where we would together as a team talk about the latest case law and legislation to make sure everybody was on top of it and we would all be expected to to give an update on on, on some development so i did that for the first time it's quite nerve-wracking because extremely bright talented group of people plus the fact i hadn't studied english law um, having come from New Zealand but anyway I did my piece and and after I, I spoke without any meanness at all uh, someone just replicated it or repeated a couple of the words that I said in my Kiwi accent and sort of dramatized it and everybody laughed and it wasn't in any way meant to be mean I didn't speak for another year in those meetings I was I felt like a complete outsider I didn't I felt I didn't belong there they didn't mean that, but it was just that one cue to me was just they have, you know, this person emphasised that you're different. And it actually had quite a devastating effect on my confidence and it put me into my shell. It took me a year at least to actually get my confidence back to speak in that forum. I contrast that today. There's some businesses I'm working with, like on day one for an employee, three different things happen. The CEO themselves welcomes the person on their first day and actually takes them into the boardroom and talks about this is our story and this is what we're hoping to achieve in the next few years. Then they have a separate meeting with their line managers, which is around, hey, so good to see you. I just want to explain, this is why we recruited you. This was so competitive. We had some awesome candidates, but you stood out. This is why we absolutely love this about you. And we can see that you're just going to prosper here. You bring something different. You've got an energy about you, whatever it is. We just get in their face and it's just all belongings cues. And then the third thing that happens on day one is they'll be taken out by their peers who they're going to be working with most intimately day to day. And it's nice and social and that's fine, but there's more than that. There's intention. So each person explains, this is who I am and this is where I come from. This is my story. So by one o'clock in the afternoon on day one, you have had a profound sense of belonging. And all of this is achievable. You don't have to be an all black or being in that elite high performance level to have that experience. Our need to belong is a need to belong to us. And unfortunately, in many ways, we do see the world as us and of them. And in the words of Robert Sapolsky, the head of neuroscience at Stanford University, that has caused oceans of suffering. And that's, but it is part of the way we are wired, is that the sense of belonging, it's, it's the dark side of belonging, is that the, we, we define groups of us, but that means there's groups of them. And we're still working out the way to shift that. And so much war and conflict we see in the world today is, is really comes back in many ways to this. So, but the bottom line is, from a performance point of view, is that we as people are tuned in to hear the story of us and we want to hear it.
And often what happens in working environments and even in high performance environments, there's no story of us. It's all strategic objectives, KPIs. And to me, it's completely soulless. Thank you for listening to this bite-sized episode of Life Lessons. And if you'd like to get in touch with any thoughts, ideas, suggestions or questions, please visit simonmundy.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.